Right, uh, is that, yes, you can hear me. Fantastic, thank you, Stephen. Okay, um, everyone, this morning, I'm going to attempt something brave, so bear with me. I'm going to try and merge this season where we're looking at Psalms into some kind of an Olympic theme, because I, I thought we'd tie it all together. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do, but first... I thought I had to share with you a, a profound revelation that I had uh, during worship, which threw me away. Um, this is very silly, but please bear with me. This painting up here of the angel, can you all see it? I'd, I'd always been perplexed by the thing that she's holding in her right hand, because I thought, I thought it was some kind of gold angelic watering can, because of the strand of the star that sticks out from the end of it. And I just realized this morning it's actually a crown, isn't it? So, there we go. Yeah, fascinated me this morning. I just wanted to share that with you all. Um, Okay, let's let's pray. I think that would be best for everyone. Um, Jesus, thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're here. And I I just want to ask that you would really inspire us this morning. I feel that's what you want to do, Lord, is to um, give us perspective and to call us into your plans, to know where you've made each of us um, to fit into your plans, and Lord, to really understand the significance of who we are and what we're doing. So Lord, I just ask that you'd bless this word and that you'd really encourage everyone here. Amen. Amen. Okay, so my question is, why do we all love the Olympics so much? I'm assuming we love the Olympics. It might be, everyone here might hate it, and in that case... I'm really sorry, but I'm thinking otherwise. Okay, so some of my thoughts are that it's just because it's a chance for us all to come together. It's a time when we really celebrate. And it's also a celebration of nations. There's something really powerful about um, seeing nations come together. And it's kind of, it's a way, I think, that we share our stories because we quite often, as nations, we have stories, we have histories. And there's something about the Olympics when all of those stories come together. We, we just love it. And um, what I actually wanted to kind of suggest this morning is that we see a bit of this in Psalm 145, which we've, which we've just had a look at, where it talks about um, the kind of history of Israel and, as a nation and this theme of remembering what God's been doing in our stories, remembering his history through our past and remembering his hand on, on our life as a nation. And uh, I want to suggest that, that actually last... Olympics, if we rewind back to London 2012, I think when, do you remember the Olympic ceremony? It was pretty special. And uh, I think there was something in that that was almost like a Psalm 145 for our nation. It was almost like us looking back and remembering God's hand on us, on the things he's been doing throughout the generations and almost his purposes throughout some of those ages. And I'd love us just to have a little bit of a look back at that today, and I really think God just wants to inspire us that each of us here has a way that we fit into his plans um, for our country, for our times, and I I believe he really wants to encourage us in who we are and where he's placed us, but I also think God really wants to stir some of his God-inspired dreams in us this morning. I really hope that when we leave today, God's going to have have really ignited in each of us a sense of what it is that he's put us on this planet for and some of the things that he's called us to do. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to highlight some of the bits of Psalm 145 that I want us to have a think about and then we've got a little recap 
I'm just going to grab some water. We've got a little recap of the opening ceremony from four years ago, just to remind us of some of those things. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, turn to Psalm 145. That would be great. Uh, I think, was it page 600 and something? 31, thank you. Um, Okay, so it says, I will exalt you, my God the King. I'll praise your name forever and ever. And in verse 3, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. And when we look at this ceremony, I think we're going to see some of those kind of wonderful works, some of the things that God was doing. In verse 7, it says, They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. And down in verse 11 and 12, They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. And the other verse we're just going to draw on a little bit later on is is verse 19, where it says, He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. And then right at the end, let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So we're going to have a little look at this video. And um, just to throw in as well, Psalm 78, verse 4, it's got this theme of kind of, passing on through the generations the stories of what God's been doing and remembering those things. We see that a lot in the Psalms because it was their way of uh, coming back together to remember who God was and what he was doing with them. But in Psalm 78 verse 4 it says, We will not hide from their children, but we will tell to the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonderful works that he's performed. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but might keep his commandments. That's um, verse 7, that bit at the end. So let's just uh, have a look. I think we should be able to get it up. I hope the video goes great. This is just a bit of a recap. It was quite a long ceremony, so we've only got, I think this is three or four minutes longer. But I hope it's inspiring. Engineer Eisenbach King de Brunel was played by Kenneth Brunner.
So um, lots brings back lots of memories, and um, there's so many things we could talk about in that, but I think at the end you see, um, do you remember the passing of the torch from one generation to the next? And there was that really wonderful picture of uh, often the person who lit the torch would be some kind of big celebrity. It was going to be Pelé this year, but he pulled out at the last minute. But actually the torch they chose to give, each athlete had picked an emerging athlete, and they passed that torch on to the next generation. It's this picture of, of passing that stuff down. It's the same thing we see in the Psalms here. And um, all of those different torches then coming together. What I loved about this, and the thing I really wanted to draw on, was it celebrated so many different parts of our culture and so many different aspects of, I guess, what makes a society and what makes a group of people have a sense of journeying together. So there was a celebration of like, I, I mean, feel free to shout stuff out, but there was, we saw the health service. There was the kind of industry and business. There was celebration of literature. There was um, celebration of the arts, of media. We had even like history of films. What else is that? Any Transport, yeah, all of these things. And it, it made me realize when I saw it, it was like, wow, the stuff that has happened here is absolutely incredible. And I believe that all, that all of those things are seeds of dreams that God put into human beings that have been realized over time. Uh, even the internet, do you remember it, it zoomed in there, was that, we didn't see that here, but it had the, um, the house uh, that came down. And just the fact that, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he, he made the internet, once he kind of worked out how to do the internet, he, he could have charged for that, but he just gave it away for free. And it was celebrating all of these things throughout history. And um, not everything we saw there was entirely kind of uh, good and pure to 100% in terms of some of the, some of the stuff that was going on, but, but it's the heart behind it, because for me what it does is it tells us that God has a plan for each of us to outwork his kingdom in our lives, and actually that is what he's made each of us to do. And there's a particular, I guess, reference that I read about, which I found really helpful when it comes to this, and it's actually, it's a word that two leaders heard the same weekend, I think around 50 or 60 years ago, but it's really amazing coincidence or <laughs> more than that, if you, if you will. They both heard God say to them, and I think it was the leader of two quite large youth ministries in the United States, and it was over the same weekend. They, they felt God say to them, if you want to see revival in a generation, 
We need to stop trying to just bring people into church, and what we need to do is transform every single kingdom that operates in this world. And they felt like God said there were seven mountains, and what we were to do was actually to invade and transform each of those mountains of influence. And I think, I mean, exactly what those mountains are is is up for discussion, but the kind of things they had the impression of was a mountain of education, of business, of science and medicine, of government, of the church and family, and of entertainment, including things like sports, art, and media. And my suggestion is that for every single one of us here, God has placed specific passions and dreams and also unique giftings in each of us that could impact different areas. And as we all step into the destiny and the plans that God's predestined for us, we begin to see those things happen. And I just felt this morning that he really wanted to encourage us that actually who we are and what we're doing is really, really significant. Quite often we can look at other people and think, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing this, so that's not as important. Or I'm not standing up at the front and preaching, so I'm not doing God's work. And all of that stuff's nonsense because it's actually in the, na- in the day-to-day nitty-gritty, I think, that God works out his plans and that he does what he's made us to do. And um, there's something that was written here which I'm just going to share with you. Uh, this really spoke to me when I read it. It says, there's no such thing as secular employment. Every believer is in full-time ministry, but only a few have pulpits in churches. The rest have pulpits in their God-given areas of expertise and favor in the world systems where they work. The call of God is equally important whatever field we end up in. An assignment to be in business is as valuable in the kingdom as the call to be an evangelist. Our eternal rewards do not come from how many people we've saved, how many homeless people we've fed, or how much money we've made. All rewards are given based on our faithfulness to what God has given and called each of us to be and to do. Which is amazing, isn't it? It's really kind of freeing, and it's really, it breaks down this hierarchy that we have of thinking that certain people are the most important and certain people are at the top. And, uh, yeah, I just felt God really wanted to encourage us with that this morning. And one of the things that I really love is the idea that each of us can dream dreams with God. Each of us can, I guess, partner with him to actually realize the seeds that he's put into each of us when he made us. I think it's Psalm 139 talks about this. It says, For you did form my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape, when as yet there was none of them. And again, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And that idea of us being his masterpiece, as one of the translations says, his workmanship, an individual kind of display of his glory that's unique and has something in each of us. I just, I really feel like God wants to encourage us um, to dream again this morning. And do you remember there was actually that speech at the beginning of the Olympic ceremony as well? Uh, I think, is it Kenneth Branham, if I made that up? Where he, it was a a mixture of a few other words, but he he drew the line from the Tempest where uh, we can, do we want to watch that? 
we got for it? Yeah, it's, it's a minute long. It's quite wordy, but it's got some really good stuff in it. So we'll we'll listen to that. It's quite inspiring. Be not afeared. Be not afeared. The aisle is full of noises, sounds and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not. Sometimes a thousand twangling instruments will hum about mine ears and sometimes voices that if I then had waked after long sleep will make me sleep again and then in dreaming the clouds methought would open and show riches ready to drop upon me that when I waked I cried to dream again there we go okay so the power of dreaming I think is something that's really significant Someone, someone here wrote, one of the most natural parts of being created in the image of God is the ability to dream. It's a God-given gift. Yet many believers, in their attempt to please God, kill the very capacity he gave them to do so. They reason to really please God, I must get rid of everything to do with myself. But this approach actually denies the fact that God's the father of the dreams and abilities inside them. And so it can ironically deny the will of God that he's placed within them. I think as we engage with the heart God's given us, we begin to really look beyond the world that is and we start to kind of imagine what it actually could be. And often it's in this process of dreaming that we suddenly recreate the world around us. And that's the thing that I just, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna really come and inspire us to do this morning as you spend time with him is just to stir perhaps some of the dreams God's placed within us for the different areas where we live and work. It might be things in our family. It might be that we work in a care home and we've got a dream for how that could change. All of these dreams, what they do is they bring heaven to earth in a little way and they imagine things not just as they are, but as they could be. I just want to read to you this story of Walt Disney because I think this is one of the most powerful um, little snippets of what it means to dream that I've heard. It says, on December the 15th, 1966, Walt Disney died, and the world lost one of its greatest imagineers, a phrase that he coined himself. But five years after his death, his greatest dream of all was actualized, a theme park so amazing that it created a world where families could leave the outside troubles of the world behind them. So on October the 1st, 1971, Disney World was officially opened in Florida. Walt's brother Roy presided over the ribbon-cutting ceremony. And in the midst of the celebration, someone came up to him and said, it's too bad Walt couldn't be here to see this. He replied, no, he did see this, and that's why we're here today. And it's the same, I think, for each of us, that when we reside with the Holy Spirit, when we spend time with him, do you remember right at the beginning we talked about that verse in Psalm 145 that says, let me just find it so that I am actually quoting what it says, it says, he fulfills the desires of those who, who fear him. And there's this thing of actually the desires that God has placed within us. As we begin to dream with him, they, they become fulfilled because they're actually, they're there to see his kingdom realized on earth. And we're pretty much coming into land, but I just, I guess my question to each of you, do you, I, do you remember right at the beginning 
the first reading we had this morning, it talked about how um, the athletes will, will work and beat themselves. They'll go through training and discipline to achieve a prize that will wither away. They get a medal, which looks pretty cool. Um, they'll kind of bite on it. They sometimes get a bunch of flowers, but not this time. But that's it. It's done. Whereas what God's placed in each of us, it has eternal significance. These are things that actually, um, they last forever. And my question to each of you today is, what is that dream that God has placed within you? What are the things that you would lay your life down for? What are the things that in your life you really want to see change and that you know perhaps that only you can do? And I just want to pray for us that, that God will really inspire those things in us this morning. So I'm just going to do that, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. Father, thank you. Thank you that your kingdom is a mystery. Thank you also that your kingdom is hidden within us. You said that, Jesus. You said the kingdom of God is within you. And Lord, I pray that this morning you'd awaken in each of us not um, selfish dreams that are about our vain ambition or about us building kind of trophies for ourselves but Lord I pray that you'd spur in us dreams that actually bring heaven to earth that as we sung about earlier that reveal a good good father and that also um, set people free where they're enslaved and Lord I thank you that that every area of influence does those things whether it's the arts telling stories that inspire people, whether it's health services making people better, whether it's uh, business and infrastructure and innovating things, whether it's science, Lord, would you validate in each person this morning, whether it's families, Lord, where we just, we, we love people in the small things and do that really well. Lord, I thank you that um, in all things you're working for the good of those who love you and you're working to bring your kingdom about. And Lord, I pray that you would inspire us this morning, just in this time of worship that we have, that you'd continue to do that. Lord, thank you. Amen. Amen. So let's...